one pulls up like we do. No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this crew. Welcome to the show, let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us, it's not to give up. Turn the whole room up, it's never enough. Let's go. It's go time! The SENSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Finkley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! Tuesday, 24th of January, done and dusted. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, podcasters, and hello, Bryce Gibbs. Morning, Walshy. It's been another good show today after a longish weekend of inconsistent South Australian sport. I was happy, then I was sad, then I was frustrated, then I was depressed, then I was happy, and we spoke about it all on the show this morning. It seems to be a bit of a consistent theme with our Adelaide teams this year. Get built up, really enjoying yourself, and then get brought back to reality really quickly with a, with a couple of disappointing uh, results. We spoke to Mark Milligan about uh, Adelaide United's great mm. 1-0 win over MacArthur, which uh, ended with their coach getting... Dwight York, gone. On. See, See you later. later. Halfway through the Bye. season, just gave them a few drive-bys as well. Parting shot at the club. See you, mate. Man, he's gone. And... Threw a few bullets as well, I think. Get walking out of there. Yeah. Told, told a few where to go. What What do you thought of him? I know. I didn't, I didn't think that was ever going to work anyway, though. I mean, you, he's here for the short term. He got to coach the A-League All-Stars against Barcelona and then um, was here for a little bit. So hopefully a good Aussie coach gets the gig and MacArthur has a good support base where they can um, attract some young Australian players. I think we really need to focus on that in the A-League. So let's just hope that they turn themselves around because they won the Australia Cup. Daniel Arzani is a gun player. Um, you want to you want to give them the best development that they can. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, we also spoke to Maddie Penner from the SA Scorpions, mm-hmm. who's in some ripping form herself with the bat, making a lot of runs, and they're sitting nicely second on the on the table as it sits. Yep, they've got to beat Tasmania and Queensland in their last couple of games if they want to make the WNCL final. Um, and a very good product as well, alongside the strikers being champions for this se- this season in the WBBL. So they've been really good. We also had a chat to Mark Woodford, who told us everything about the Australian Open, which we, we think that Novak's going to win. I mean, that's quite obvious, right? Well, he's flexing his muscles uh, yeah. at the, the right time of the tournament, isn't he? Under a little bit of uh, an injury cloud, but... You wouldn't have uh, you wouldn't have picked it last night watching him uh, hit the ball around against our very own Alex Dimonor, uh, as we saw. But um, he's uh, hitting his straps at the right time. You can get involved in the show via SMS. You can do it by calling us. Our advice is um, because you're on your phones listening to the podcast right now, get the app and then you can listen straight away. You can connect it to your car play in your car, and of course, uh, you can also there's a couple of buttons there where you press the button and it sends us a text or calls us straight away. We also played a really um, good game called the Bryce is Right, where you struggled to pronounce the um, names of tennis players. You got two from five. Should look, we'll play the intro, okay, just so people can hear how good it is. Bryce Gibbs, come on down. We got some questions somewhere, or what? I don't think we've got any prizes, at least not for Bryce. Anyway, all of that could be yours if the price is right. Uh, Jace, our producer, did that in one take. I can confirm that wasn't Larry Ebner, Ebner either. That was that was Jace. That was Jace, our producer. Because so, you've uh, also just made up Larry Ebner's surname. Em- Ebner. Well, it fits the bill, doesn't it? With with what's going on. 
Yeah, so I'm so, going to give you two more names, okay? So basically what happened is we gave a name for uh, Bryce to try and pronounce correctly, um, tennis players, and you did really good. I have two other names for you, so I'm going to show you a name on my computer screen. You just need to say the name, okay? And I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Of course. Okay, so uh, here is an MFA, uh, MFA, <laughs> MMA fighter. What's his name? Uh, Alexander. What's Vol- his name? Vol- Volkanovsky. Yeah, very nice. Hold on. Ding. Okay, now this is my favourite one. <laughs> this is a former Adelaide United player. Oh. Go. As- <laughs> I, can't, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I know. No, I'm not even going you, you tell. You tell me. Really? Yeah. Apostolos Stamatolopoulos. Wow. Now try and say that. Astapostolos Velkamrakaropanosmos. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. We'll chat to you tomorrow morning. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. On this Tuesday morning... 24th of January, 2023. Good morning. We are here. Bryce Gibbs, welcome back. A shortish weekend and here we are again, ready to go. Good morning, Walshy. It's good to be back uh, sitting next to you and uh, ready for another big week or short, uh, in a shortened week. Kind of uh, shortened week Australia Day. Uh, we had a, a brilliant week last week. If it's your, your first time tuning into SENSA, uh, we are here. Mark Bickley joins us in a few weeks' time in Feb as well to take us through 2023. Uh, SENSA Studio, Lumo SA, One King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. So we got the first week out of the week uh, out of the way last week. Everyone's happy. Everyone's excited. Day one, we had coffees brought to us. We got to meet people for the first time and. What I know will happen week two, it kind of just simmers a little bit. Now it's just fend for yourself. Exactly. You just wait for the constructive criticism, the feedback, <laughs> um, which I'm, I'm, I'm all for feedback. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this week after well, probably what could be described as a inconsistent weekend for Adelaide sport. And speaking of inconsistent, I've just experienced the bathrooms here um, in uh, not our particular building, but there's a building next door which we use the bathrooms for and there's there's two types of bathrooms. Can you explain to the, the listeners um, the two different bathroom settings we have here? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit unusual uh, and it's a bit of a trek. It's a bit of an adventure to get to the bathroom. And mm. I tell you what, you wouldn't want to get halfway to your bathroom visit and your pass decides not to work and you mm. get stuck. So it's in the basement. So you have to leave the studio get in a lift, head down to the basement, go through a bit of a rabbit warren to find where the toilet is. If you get lucky enough to get out of there alive, you can get back in the lift, back up. It's about a four to five minute round trip. I'm glad you said... If you're quick. Get out of there alive is a great way of describing it because that's the first time I've experienced those bathrooms and it's like I was on the set of The Walking Dead. That is the worst bathroom I've ever seen in my life. And they're not ours, they're someone else's, but what is that? I think there's um, there's folklore stories uh, of our very own Michelangelo Rucci actually getting stuck down there, I think, and then calling back into the show to get back oh. on air because he couldn't he couldn't get back up in time uh, during an ad break. So um, <laughs> we would have been laughing because we would have don't, said, "Don't let that happen to you, Jared." One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Michelangelo from the basement's on the line right now and wants to chat, and he was saying, "Well." Um, let us in. So, uh, look, if you ever come into this, the studio, we'll, we'll take you on a tour. And there was a gym down there as well. I had no idea. At the, the basement right here, King William, there's a gym. Well, this is news to me. Yeah. Well, I saw the sign. You're... I didn't see the gym. Okay. If it's the, the bathroom's anything to go by, the gym's not going to be very <laughs> inspiring. Hey, uh, let's
let's get prep for the show. Prep the athlete's choice of performance, hydration, drinks. Got any highlights from the weekend? Obviously, it's a Tuesday morning, but there's still a lot going on there. And I guess we're still recovering from a huge weekend of sport. We certainly are. I actually uh, had a wedding on the weekend down in Port Elliot. Uh, and did see that on the socials and I your did. text messages. I got a little bit carried away, didn't I, on the, uh, on the social media um, train on the weekend, but that's okay. That's what happens sometimes. That means I was You're having a good time. You're talking to me, remember? That, that means I was having a good time. You are, you are the, uh, the king of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of a uh, story upload. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, uh, you had a great weekend. Just a, a mate from school. Uh, you know what weddings are like. Everyone's happy. Everyone's enjoying each other's company. And this one was no different. Uh, and sport-wise, there was... <sighs> To be honest, a lot of frustration for, for myself. I was at four or five different sporting events and I can talk you through my timeline if you want because I was in a real hurry. So obviously working at the, the Santos Tour Down Under and it was a, amazing to see um, Jay Vine get the victory. We'll talk more about that in the sports update. But I was right next to him when he was celebrating and just um, processing the fact that it was his debut in the Santos Tour Down Under and he managed to win it, the final stage at Mount Lofty. But... Um, the weekend was quite hectic because for myself, so for the people who don't know, I, I MC a, a lot of the sporting events in town. Um, I went from the Adelaide Strikers on Friday straight to the Adelaide uh, United match. Now, I needed uh, to get there very quickly because I passed on to Adelaide United. I might be a little bit late because the Strikers wasn't supposed to finish until 7 well, then the strikers got bowled out for 92. So I managed to make it to Adelaide United uh, with the disappointment of what happened at Adelaide Oval. And then similarly, on Saturday, I was at the Adelaide United women's match at Jepps Cross and I needed to get to the 36ers in time and managed to do that. So United lost and then the 36ers lost. There's a fair bit of um, heartbreak over the weekend. We can get to the positive stuff as well, but... My gosh, we were disappointing in a lot of sports. Yeah, and uh, you get that sometimes, don't you? A few mixed results and a couple of big... It's been a big couple of weeks, really, for our teams in terms of setting yeah. up the season and, and some really important matches. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, it, is, it, is a little, it is a little bit disappointing. But is, is that... Are you getting all these police escorts from, from one venue to another to, no. to make sure you get there quick or what? For anyone who was um, uh, near the aquatic centre over the weekend, I apologise because if they were in their car and they turned and had a look at me in my vehicle, there was a, an old, bald, skinny bloke like me literally getting changed in the car at traffic light. So taking my shirt off, just trying to swap, and then thankfully mentally I'm thinking, well, hopefully at... Adelaide United, I don't say go strikers and things like that. Um, we're going to speak to Mark Milligan from Adelaide United this morning at 7.15 because they had a, a good result against MacArthur, so good that Dwight York decided to leave the club straight afterwards, which was very unique. He's only been at the helm for um, half a season. He came to Australia. He, he ended up coaching the A-League All-Stars, and we know Dwight, Walker, uh, Dwight York has such a, um, a big resume, um, but that was quite unexpected, and he's gone now. Yeah, the uh, the treble-winning Manchester United Dwight Walk, as you're referring to. <laughs> uh, just the big dog himself. Uh, obviously wasn't happy with their performance and singled out a few players, by all reports, and let, yeah. them, let them know that uh, the results have... Well, they've been... They've dropped about three or four games in their last six matches, I think. So not going the way they would have liked, and, yeah, he's, he's done. It's all over. Dwight walked. Yeah. One of the things that I've uh, noticed, though, and this is, my, this is my nerdy kind of sporting observation, so I'm standing there watching the match at Coopers on Friday night, and traditionally uh, the manager of a football side will wear a couple of different outfits. So 
Carl Viet, um, head coach of Adelaide United. He's dressed nicely in his suit. So they've got a suit sponsorship and he looks very sharp. If you look at um, Ruben Zadkovic, who is the head coach of Perth Glory, he's full track suit. So he's basically ready to play if he is required. <laughs> now, he needs to get on that, yeah. Dwight was wearing uh, a very tight polo shirt where you could see his pecs. Just he needed everybody to know that he's still got a great rig. But you have a look at the cap that he was wearing. Now, this is the thing that I noticed the most. Normally, if you wear a club cap, you have the club logo front and centre on the front of it. I'm wearing an Adelaide 36ers hat today. You can see Adelaide 36ers on the front. Dwight had the MacArthur logo at the back of his hat, front and centre on the front of his cap, D-Y, in the biggest letters ever, just so we knew it was Dwight York's cap. Gotcha. He's had his... Our own initials, front and centre. Bit of self-promotion. I think so. I think there was a, a little bit of that going on with Dwight. So we'll talk all things football really soon and uh, we need to discuss what's going on at the Adelaide 36s and the strikers who need to win tonight. If they do want to make the finals, um, some positive news though. Obviously, the SA Scorpions had a, a fantastic win. They keep on going. We'll chat to Matty Penner about that. At 7.45 and baseball. I mean, we were texting about the baseball over the weekend and that's where you dropped in WhatsApp and said... I might not reply in a while because um, I've had a little bit to drink. Responsibly, of course. And then Jace, our producer's like, I want all the free tickets in the world to the baseball. So that was a big weekend for our Giants. Yeah, it certainly was. And uh, they needed to, to win this series against Geelong Career to, to get that home semi-final, which they did. They play Auckland uh, down here at West Beach uh, over a full three-game three series, I think yeah. it is. So uh, that's huge news for our Giants, and uh, they're on track for something special, I think. It's going to be massive. Uh, we have people walking past the studio waving right now, which is my first experience doing that, and I love that. So you can always walk past and um, give us a wave as well. We are here thanks to Ty Power. Big holiday sale is now on. And, of course, the Australian Open. And uh, Mark Woodford was great speaking with us last week. Novak Djokovic goes through once again. This time last year, we were all um, off Novak. And now, basically, he's the only big name left, even though he, he knocked out our very own players. So uh, Mark will keep us up to date with that. If you want to get involved in the show, there's a couple of ways. So uh, you can text 0427-154-166. Again, that talkback line as well, one 736 736 It makes it easier if you've got the app because you can just press the buttons on there. If you want to have a chat to us, it is going to be 28 degrees today. We'll give you a sports update next. Good morning. Good morning, Adelaide. At 16 minutes past six on this Tuesday morning, SEN SA Breakfast. You can get involved with the show on the text line 0427 154 166. Our caller of the week this week too, though, uh, has the chance to win a cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Bryce Gibbs is here. Mark Bickley joining us uh, in mid-Feb. Saw a photo of Bix over the weekend with a, a few past players from the Adelaide Crows that went out to training. There's a selection of them that look quite fit and in shape. Bix is one of those. Bix is doing all right. And then um, Bryce, there's a section of them that um, that don't. All right. Who's in the gun? Who have you got? Well, you, you have a look at someone like Rod Jamison, who always likes to stay fit and healthy. He was um, standing next to Bix, which was quite strategic. They were lucky that Andrew McLeod wasn't there because uh, he would have put them all to shame. But you go down the order a little bit and you start running into former Ruckman Ben Marsh, 
that uh, looks like he um, he's just enjoying life. And that's fine because you all get to enjoy life. I respect that. Now that I'm on the other side, I completely respect that. Yeah, but you keep yourself in really good shape, don't you? Oh, it's sort of semi-have to these days. I'm still trying still to playing football, still having a kick myself. So <laughs> I, I need to. I have put on a few kilos since we're proper retiring from uh, AFL, but that's okay. This is one of the things I don't understand about you elite athletes, though, is because we, we as uh, regular people, we see you at your absolute fittest. So you're not going to get fitter than when you are playing elite sports. So when you decide to stop and you start um, changing your uh, body shape, we as normal human beings look and say, oh, wow, you've blown out. However, you're just turning into a normal human being. So I can't imagine that kind of process where um, I think you look great. But that's what I'm trying to say. I appreciate that. I've gone up a size in the waist, but that's all right. I'm still feeling okay. How many kilos have you put on since playing AFL, though? Because... That's that's ridiculous. Oh, my, my weight hasn't fluctuated a whole lot. Yeah. I have put on a couple of kilos, but it's just it goes from muscle to fat. That's, <laughs> that, that's the difference. <laughs> All right, let's get a sports update. Uh, thanks to Prep, to Delicious Fruit Base, a fruit-based smoothie, clinically proven to boost hydration and reduce fatigue. There's a fair bit going on, Gibbsy. There certainly is. We'll just start with uh, the Tour Down Under. And cycling legend Stuart O'Grady has declared that the new Tour Down Under winner, Jay Vine, can go on a Winter Grand Tour after a dominant performance to claim his first Oka jersey in this year's race. Uh, he beat... Simon Yates uh, by 11 seconds in the tour. And you, you were covering it very, very closely. Yeah. Every day following the the results and the races. And, and you were actually standing next to the great man once he was celebrating after it, his, his maiden win. It was amazing. Let's have a listen to him crossing the line. Well, it looks like Vine has now done enough to sew up the race because they're over the top of the King of the Mountains point. It flattens off, but the group trying to return. Vine makes the charge for the line and victory in the Santos Tour down under. Yates follows him home. It's fitting. First and second over the line. Or have I got it the wrong way round? Because it could be. Yates gets the win and will finish second in the Santos Tour down under. Hats off to Jay Vine, who wins the race at the first attempt. Now, what was amazing about that is that, obviously, um, Simon Yates crosses the line first um, at Mount Lofty, and the the scenery was picturesque, as always. Beautiful day, cool breeze up there. And then, obviously, we get to the winner um, in Jay Vine, and they both come into this tent behind the, the stage, so uh, we're all sitting there ready to go. I was taking care of stage mani- uh, management. They come and sit down. And then uh, Jay's sitting there. He's there with, uh, I think it's his wife. who He was just in shock. It's his first ever Santos Tour Down Under, and he wins. Um, but the funny one was Simon Yates, who his teammate came in and started saying, well done, man. Um, everything all good. We tried our best. And he had to remind him and said, hey, um, I won that stage. He said, oh, I thought Jay won the stage. So they started celebrating. Um, the amazing thing to have a look at them, though, Gibbs, is they, they got their gear off. And I'm not saying I was staring at them. <laughs> the gear Hang on, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. The best part about the tour down under is when they all got their gear off. Um, <laughs> no, so they, they take the lycra off to replace it with fresh lycra so they can walk onto the stage for the presentations. To have a look at the scarring and um, to see the, the grazes on their bodies, especially over their, their shoulders. And I was asking um, Dave McKenzie, who we spoke to last week, what's that like? And he said, this is what they have to deal with week in, week out. The fact that they fall off their bike, get up and go again, and they're riding 
you know, at a minimum 60 k's an hour to finish off that race at the final stage, you're going uphill at Mount Lofty. Um, they're, a, they're a different type of athlete. And this is an amazing way to showcase South Australia, but this is all preparation for Europe now. They have to go overseas and get ready for, um, obviously, Tour de France, which is in the middle of the year. But they're, for an Aussie to win it after our first non-COVID-affected year in a few years, I think it was a really special day. It's it is, and to see uh, Jay Vine's development over the last couple of years, it's 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 a pretty special moment for him. Just three years ago, he actually couldn't get a spot on the Australian development team. Yeah. So that's how quickly his decline has has happened over the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, what a thrilling moment for for that young man. So what happens now? Do we see less bikes out on the roads here in Adelaide because it is a, a bit of a junket for cyclists, and they see. Um, the two are down under here and they all have to get together in their teams and they start riding around. I feel like people start going back into their communities now. I, I had no idea there were that many cyclists in South Australia. Won't, won't see another group of cyclists riding around here for the next 12 months. <laughs> they just disappear. I don't know where they go, but they just, they're non-existent anymore. What else you got for us in the sports update? Uh, so we're just going to go to some cricket. Uh, and it's that man again who, was, who downed the strikers a couple of weeks ago in Steve Smith. He smashed 66 off 33 balls as the Sixers, 7 for 180, uh, were 24-1 winners against Hobart. Um, he just keeps getting it done, doesn't he? He's just a man in form and on a mission to do good things. Yeah, and he's, he's probably got a bit of a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't in that squad going into that, that World Cup. So um, uh, I, I think that he's just showing everyone that he's still got what it takes and he just loves playing cricket. So... He's hit 36, 101, 125 not out, and last night, 66. That takes him 328 runs of an average of 109 in his last four innings. It's pretty pretty impressive. He's been basically the only performer of that Aussie test squad as well who stepped back into um, the BBL. Obviously, Alex Carey made a a handful of runs the other night, but um, he's been great, Steve Smith. He certainly has. Uh, and just Nick Kyrgios has delivered some post-surgery news after he was forced to pull out of the Australian Open with a knee injury. He had uh, some a procedure done on his knee, uh, arthroscopic procedure to clean up some lateral lateral meniscus stuff. I'll get that out for you this morning. Um, so he looks like he's in pretty good spirits. And he uh, he sent a tweet also after Nick Kyrgios's, um Pretty pretty impressive performance against their very own Alex Diminar. Novak's, yeah. Uh, um, about uh, he, he felt pretty good about his tennis, Nick Kyrgios, because this, this is what he said: "Watching Novak tonight makes me feel good about my tennis in general. How have I beaten this guy?" It just uh, shows you that uh, as the competition gets more to the point you're in, Novak is starting to flex his muscles, and uh, he looked pretty important. But uh, so he looked pretty impressive, but. We will speak to Mark Woodford a bit later on about that. Yeah, 8 o'clock. So we've got some highlights of what happened last night as well and leading into the final week of the Australian Open. We'd love to hear from you, the talkback line, one 736 736 And don't forget, our SA Scorpions were incredible once again over the weekend. Matty Penner, not too far away. And I haven't told you about this. I have a, a new game this morning, Bryce, and it's, it's Australian Open related. And um, we've done all the preparation and you just need to be the guinea pig. We're going to put your kind of knowledge to the test. So without any kind of indication, how confident are you with your Australian Open knowledge? Uh, I wouldn't say it's my strong suit. Fantastic. It's going to go really (laughs) well. Good morning. It's SENSA Breakfast. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group.
This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Going for a top of 28 degrees across Adelaide today. Good morning. You can always get in touch with the show as well. 0427 154 166. That's the text line. If you're listening on 1629, fantastic. You can also uh, have a listen on the app too, and that's another way you can directly get in touch with us. Thanks to MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. Um, Not too far away, we have an EPL Premier League update, and uh, there was a bizarre incident that happened over the weekend where um, they had to delay a game due to something I've never seen before. Bryce, very quickly, have you you seen what we're going to talk about before? I certainly have. and it was a drone. Yeah. And literally play has stopped in a Premier League match because of a drone. We have all the details, all the results, and we'd love to chat to you next. Good morning. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Twenty-five minutes to seven on this Tuesday morning. Love to hear from you on the talkback line one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Sun slowly rising over Adelaide. We can see that from SENSA Studio Lumo uh, at one King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. Fair bit going on in the world of sport, Bryce. We'll get to our Premier League update uh, in a moment. Premier League only on Optus Sport. Let's talk footy to start us off with, mate. So Mark Keane has put pen to paper with the Adelaide Crows. He came out and gave a message to the supporters uh, recently. Hey Crows fans, Mark Keane here. Looking forward to getting down to Adelaide tomorrow and can't wait to get started and see what we can do in 2023. Now, if you can't understand any of that, he said he's uh, excited to be on board for 2023 and looking forward to uh, getting down to training and meeting the boys. Are you good translator. <laughs> so um, that now fills up the, uh, the the Crows list for 2023. Obviously, um, after Tyler Brown signing last week and then um, Mark Keane now. So the, the spots of Paul Seedsman and Fisher Mackesee, have been filled. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Mark fills that kind of gap that Billy Frampton's left since he's gone to Collingwood. There's a, there's a real Collingwood theme about the Adelaide Crows at the moment, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there certainly is. Uh, and that they needed to. They, they need another key defender. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he can slot in there and, and get some opportunity. Apparently he's got a bit of pace as well, which the Crows have lacked over um, the past couple of seasons. So this obviously made a, a, a little bit of a stir last week when you spoke about it, which is brilliant to get some insight into um, your mindset when it comes to the players that were left behind after the Crows having some kind of idea that um, Paul potentially wouldn't have been playing in 2023. And in November, Fisher Magazine wanted to go home um, and spend time with his family in Victoria. So question marks over that. And the questions that we were speaking um, last week were, well, how would you feel if you were James Rowe, for example, and someone like... uh, Brett Turner. Uh, there's a chance that we might speak to Brett this week about that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's always two sides to, to every story, I suppose. And um, yeah, if, if we can get Brett to, to come on and have a chat about his experience and, and maybe what he was going through and, and feeling through the whole process, um, yeah, that'd be that'd be a great insight. But uh, yeah, they're, they're finally um, put those two list spots to bed now, uh, and yeah, they they would have had some sort of idea. Uh, on what they wanted to do and 
uh, I think um, our our very own Dan Menzel mentioned that he was um, staggered that uh, Brown was was signed without even participating in one training session yeah. yet. So uh, he makes a, a fair point there. So, um, but uh, anyway, that's the way it's played out, and, and the Crows are all locked and loaded for twenty twenty three. Fairly strange thing with a, a lot of the Irishmen who play in the AFL because they come over for a, f- for a few years, then they decide that they want to go home, and then they decide that they want to come back. You see, Connor McKenna, who used to be at Essendon, he's joined um, the Brisbane Lions. So I don't know what why that is, but they, they spend a bit of time in Australia and then go, oh, we'll just um, head back home and then see what happens, yeah. hey? I mean, it's a it's a pretty big commitment for mm. them. I mean, we get, you get drafted and you, you only have to travel interstate. They're coming from the other side of the world, yeah. essentially. So it is quite a, a big deal, and especially if they're a, a bit younger too and maybe haven't lived out of home. And um, yeah, you're certainly made to grow up pretty fast uh, and being in a new environment can throw up its challenges. But yeah, we have seen that over the past a little bit. And I've, I've played with a, with a handful and probably the one of the the, the better pro- products that come out of Ireland in, in Zach Tui. Look at the, the yeah. career he's forged uh, at Carlton and, and now Geelong. He, he's still playing at a very high level and uh, he's in the leadership group, I think, and, and doing some amazing things. So he seems just to keep getting better and better. And do you find that it, it needs to be one of the things I've noticed with, say, um, Adelaide United players, for example, when you get players from um, different parts of the world that come over, they need to make sure that their family's settled, everything's okay outside of your profession to ensure that you're happy going in. So if there's a bit of instability or a bit of homesickness, that's just going to make your life hell and not focus on what you're actually in the country to do. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's just the whole the whole package in terms of, obviously, they play a similar game in, in Gaelic rules football. Uh, but in terms of, you know, I know tactics and uh, game plans and uh, I think the AFL game, there's a bit more going on, obviously, being, um, being so involved with that. So I think that th- throws up its challenges as well in terms of learning the, the ins and outs of, of what goes into a game plan and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah. Some have come and, and done really well and some have, have struggled with the transition, but uh, there's still a lot of great talent over in Ireland and we'll, we'll see Irish players come over and, and play in our game for the next 100 years, I reckon. We mentioned this before. Uh, there was uh, unreal scenes over in the Premier League over the weekend where a drone stopped a match between Southampton and Aston Villa. Have a listen. Play has been paused here at St Mary's Stadium because we have a drone flying over the top of the stadium here. The game and the players have to be taken off for safety until it can be clarified just who is operating that drone. <laughs> Turns out it was a YouTuber who was uh, doing a little bit of a prank, and that's that's just what happens nowadays as well, whether they're pitch invaders or anything else, whatever creates good content. But that was quite unusual. Well, and I don't think it's the first time this has happened either. I think it's happened multiple times. And I suppose when uh, well, the ref saw it unfolding and, and called both captains over and, and they had a chat and they actually decided all players to leave the pitch yeah. until they uh, they got rid of this this problem. But I, I suppose unless you don't know what's going on, yeah, you can't take any sort of risks in uh, in today's world. But, um, yeah, you'd be uh, scratching your head going, we're going to go off because there's... A drone, a drone, and everyone right. has a drone now. You can just go <laughs> yeah. to to any particular electronic store and get a drone. What else is happening in the Premier League? Uh, there's plenty happening. It's been a big round. Um, seen some some pretty 
amazing results. And a couple of the big clubs played against each other this week, Walshie. So Liverpool and Chelsea had a draw at Anfield uh, to kick off the round. We've seen Manchester City destroy Wolverhampton Warriors uh, with a Halland hat-trick. Uh, Arsenal scored a 90-minute goal to, to beat Manchester United. That game ended in uh, a scoreline of 3-2 and, and had plenty of uh, drama and, and theatre uh, with Arsenal continuing their run at the top of the, the league, going five points clear of, of Man City. Uh, and we saw uh, an interesting game in the in the relegation zone. Uh, West Ham uh, defeated Everton 2-0. Those two teams are fighting to stay out of the relegation zone in what's been a tough year for both sides so far. And we've got one game to go in this round with Fulham taking on Tottenham Hotspurs at Caravan Cottage. That starts in about three minutes' time. Thank you very much for that, Gibbsy. Don't miss a second of the Premier League action only on Optus Sport. Um, a brief update as well um, as we continue speaking of the round ball game. Cristiano Ronaldo made his debut over the weekend. So they had a friendly, um, his club, uh, Al Nassar, against uh, PSG, which was a great exhibition match, 5-4. But they played in their first league match in the Saudi Pro League over the weekend, and they won 1-0. Cristiano didn't score. So uh, 22,000 people watched that. Everyone's just waiting for him to score now. Well, he had to score against PSG, didn't he? Because he was playing against his uh, he did. his great mate in uh, Lionel Messi. And that, that was good fun. I saw some of the highlights in that. That just looked That's just incredible. fun for them, isn't Wasn't it? it? That's, they just shackles yeah. off. We're going to have a, have a good time with this. But, uh, yeah, it won't take him too long to score. Do you think Messi and Mbappe have had a conversation yet about the World Cup final or they're yet to discuss that? Ah. Uh, they would have had to, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. They would have had to. It'd still be a little bit dirty well, killing Mbappe. He can't be too... He's already got one as well. I know. Mbappe, so, yeah, imagine that locker room, though. Um, imagine the locker room of the Adelaide 36ers because it would be uh, quite frustrating. Uh, there's one home game left to go, and they have an open training session today as well. We'll give you all the details on that. We need to talk about the Adelaide 36ers, though. As part of our agenda before... We move into that. If you wanted to jump on our Twitter, we have a poll up right now. After last night's demolition job of the Demon, Novak Djokovic is the reigning hot favourite to win the Australian Open men's singles draw. Who is his biggest threat? You can have a crack on social media or send us a text 0427 154 166. It's a quarter to seven on this Tuesday morning. Always MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 10 minutes to 7, going for 28 degrees today. Good morning, Adelaide. We are here looking out the beautiful window from SENSA studio, Lumo SA at 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It's it's almost a recovery after one of the uh, biggest weekends in South Australian sport, and it continues as well. Um, Mixed results. We're going to chat to Maddie Penner from the SA Scorpions really soon. Um, and, and Gibbsy, it was a bit of frustration, but a, a bit of elation after a weekend where it was almost good to be a South Australian. Yeah, it was. We, we did get some great results. And uh, that was with Adelaide United, who uh, are still just hanging into that, that final spot. Each and every game is very important. And... This 1-0 victory has cost Dwight York his job yeah. after he went off on an absolute rant after his uh, uh, team lost uh, and have won, oh, have gone on a bit of a losing streak, lost six of the last 13 or something. 
he's not happy. He's out the door. But we've got some audio from the the great result. Where let's just say everything happened at that match: it's cards, goals, injuries. Have a listen. Goodwin's ball in. The header is a good one. And quickest to recover is Zach Clark, who gets just his second goal for Adelaide, his first of the season, and the side that scored most in the opening 15 minutes of matches in the A-League strike again. And this fully renovated Cooper's Stadium. Araboli's left it cleverly. Oh, and Craig Noon's gone down. And this could be trouble for Warland on his return to the side. The 16th minute, it's red for Warland. Noon delivers again, again, it's a good ball in. Oh, and it's a wonderful save. Joe Gauci denying Miller. An almost certain equaliser. Miller clears, Dorigo. Referee allows the advantage. Club. Oh, it's a lovely work ball for Nibisuki. Well, that normally is money for old rope for Hiroshi Ibasuki. They're sharing it around. Davila. Davila. Palmed away by Gauci. Azani. Still going. It might yet fall for Toure. Oh, and now Davila surely. Somehow it stays out. Joe Gauci putting his body on the line to preserve his side's lead and somehow Uli Davila and Al-Hassan Toure, Daniel Arzani between them, contrived not to score. The game had everything Gibbsy on Friday night. It started off with that goal from Zach Clough, as you heard. Then um, Ben Warland, after his first game starting back after a pretty severe injury, um, Gets that straight red. It was called yellow to start off with. And then the referee who um, had a really unique match, that referee on Friday night. So Wallen gets the red. Craig Noon from MacArthur, you could see the stud marks on his inner thigh. Like that's, yeah, it was an obvious red card because he was the last player as well. Um, and then obviously uh, another player goes from MacArthur and then Ben Halloran gets his second yellow red, which was actually his first yellow. So the referee had to remove that. It, it had everything. It certainly did. And, and that's what happens when uh, these games mean so much in the, the back end of the year. Every, every game's so important. Everyone's leaving it all out there. Uh, and that's what you want as a fan, I suppose. Mm. You, you want to see that theatre. You want to see, obviously, no studs up and, and people collecting people. But um, it, was a, it was a pretty gritty performance from United. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, very gritty. Um You've got to say as well, Joe Gauci, his performance in goals, that's the best performance that I've seen him um, uh, play. And I would be comfortable saying if he's not in the conversation for Socceroos for Asian Cup and the next World Cup, it's a few years away. But if you think the next World Cup, um, Matt Ryan's obviously not going to be there. Um, Danny Vukovic isn't going to be there. Andrew Redmayne's not going to be there. Gauci was superb. And it's bittersweet because I don't think we'll see him playing for Adelaide United much longer. He's in that good form. Yeah, he certainly is. And the opportunities there, as you said, there, there's, there's a bit of a changing in the guard in, the, in that uh, goalkeeper spot over the next couple of years. And it's certainly up for grabs. And, I mean, you just look at some of the stats from the weekend. Uh, they've had 21 shots, eight of them on target. 
uh, and to keep a clean sheet, they had uh, over 60% of possession as well. So they were peppering for the whole game. Yeah. Uh, and it's not only this week that he's stood up. He's been doing it all season long. Need to give a shout out to Nick Ansell as well, who was outstanding in defence. Um, he's uh, only had a couple of starts for Adelaide United since coming over um, from uh, the Eastern States where he did his ACL and he's back now. And that was a, a brilliant performance by him. Not so much for the Adelaide 36ers who went down to Melbourne United on Saturday at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre and that finishes off their season. One home game left now against the Sydney Kings who are in the top two. And that was really disappointing. Um, a match where the 36ers needed to win, Melbourne United needed to win because the NBL is different this year. There's a playing tournament. So if you finish outside the top, you can, similarly to the NBA, you can play against one of the other non-qualifiers to get that last spot. And... Uh, it was hard to watch. Chris Golding from Melbourne United was outstanding. He was on fire. You either get a really hot or a really not Chris Golding. We unfortunately had the um, the really hot Chris Golding. <laughs> he usually plays well against us yeah, too. That's that's does. the most frustrating thing about it when he's knocking down shots. But, oh, well, she just a disappointing year, hasn't it been, for our 36ers? After so much promise yeah. in the preseason, uh, we got some amazing imports across. The squad looked like it had the depth this year. Yeah. We went across and knocked off the Phoenix Suns uh, in a in a practice game. It just was all set up for something special, uh, and it just quite hasn't delivered, has it? I I feel bad saying this, but I have to be honest. Like I'm, I've never been this disappointed in a season for the Adelaide 36ers because at the start of the year, I remember I spoke to um to Bungie and Brettster on a Sunday morning, and I said I was the most excited that I've been because at that point we had um, Craig Randall. Uh, we obviously uh, had some the, – the, the depth of the squad was amazing. Robert Franks was there as well. Um, and Antonius Cleveland, who's the best defensive player in the league. And mixed with Mitch McCarron, Sunday Detch, Anthony Drimmick, Daniel Johnson, we had depth. And now I can see we've wasted the season. I think it's, it's pretty black and white. We have wasted the season, which provided so much opportunity at the start. And it's, it's unfortunate too because there's no guarantee you hold on to – to some of these players yeah, as you're well. Right. So there, there could be some change coming at the end of the season. Um, but it, we spoke to Marzi last week and he was, I think it was just inconsistencies. There's been times where it's been their defense has been an issue. There's been other times their, their scoring options has been, um, you know, just non-existent. Uh, the, the, the mix, the, the chemistry, um, he sort of couldn't put it down to one specific thing uh, from from his point of view. And he has uh, he has a bit to do and, and sees the team uh, regularly, as we know. So um, it is very disappointing. Uh, and, yeah, they're going to have to do a bit of soul-searching down at uh, the 36ers. Well, the sure. hard thing for us on Saturday night was Antonius Cleveland was in foul he trouble was, early he too. So he, he wasn't on the court for a lot of the match, so he couldn't play the way that he wanted to. Um, but, we, yeah, we just got outplayed. This is CJ after the match. You can go back over and, and pinpoint, but the three-point attempts. Tonight, was it was a three-point line that kicked our butt. Got to keep keep pushing forward and keep keep finding a way and keep battling. And I think that our guys are battling and you won't see them, you won't see them quit, roll over, or lay down. That was one of those things. He talks about the, the three-point line and to sit back and watch the plays from Melbourne United just hit every three-point attempt. Um, you just you just sat back and you thought, oh, oh there's another one, there's another one. Because we missed most of ours. Yeah, and that's a frustrating thing. And, and a team like Melbourne who can get hot and when they're, they're knocking them down, yeah. it's, uh, it certainly makes it tough. But 
Um, I think it's really important that the the boys put a really good performance in in, in this last home game uh, for the fans. They, they deserve it uh, more than anyone this year of uh, of some of the performances and, and inconsistencies that uh, we've just spoken about that they've had to had to sit through. So I think it's it's uh, pretty important that the boys finish off the season uh, on a on a good note. I think so. Over nine and a half thousand there on Saturday night, which again uh, breaks the record of the highest ever Adelaide 36ers crowd. So the fans are showing up. The fans also have an opportunity to go to the Adelaide 36ers arena today. So that's the one um, off Crittenden Road uh, in Finden because they have an open training session. So that starts at 10 o'clock this morning. It will go until 12. So the fans can watch the players scrimmage and then um, there'll be a Q&A with the players and the coaching staff and an opportunity to get some autographs as well. And this is, I, I think, going to be the last opportunity to, to have something like this this season before the last home game on um, the 3rd of Feb. We'd love to know what you think as well, Adelaide 36ers fans. Were you there on Saturday night? Um, have you experienced a game this season? You can give us a call, one 736 736 And not too far away, we are going to continue the theme of South Australian sport and have a chat with one of the assistant coaches from Adelaide United, Mark Milligan. group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. And good morning. Great to be back in the studio here, uh, the SENSA Studio Lumo, one at King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA, whether you're listening on 1629 or on the app. Going to be 28 degrees today and Bryce Gibbs. Still plenty to come as well. Our first guest very soon, Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. Um, We are also going to chat to Mark Woodford about the Australian Open. Novak getting through comfortably last night. Um, Extremely comfortably against Alex Stevenor, which is not good for the Aussie. Um, There's plenty of sport going on though. Yeah, there certainly is. And I want to touch on a bit of controversial news which has uh, come across our desks obviously over the weekend uh, and that's our Australian Olympian Peter Bowl has tested positive to a prohibited substance uh, EPO so he finds himself in some hot water I think he's come out and, and denied uh, the allegation said uh, he's been a victim of a flawed system so there's obviously going to be a bit more to play out around this but um, yeah the, the, these things you, you don't like waking up and, and reading and, and finding out, especially when uh, when there are very own Australian Olympians. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's uh, going to be some fallout from this, no doubt. You'd like to think that in this day and age, uh, we're educated enough to know that, um, I mean, there's there's drug testing absolutely everywhere. So no one's going to be silly enough to actually try and cheat the system. So let's hope it all works out for Peter Boll. Um, he maintains his innocence, which of course we we need to believe and keep on going. I wanted to ask you what the the drug testing policy is like because we see um, these organisations, Asada and Wada. Um, a lot of the time, it's post match that um, players are tested. If you go back to 2020 with the the Women's Cricket World Cup, um, I was there and. Uh, Katy Perry was performing on stage with the Australian women's cricket team. So they just defeated India in front of 86,000 people. Katy Perry's performing. She invited the Australian women's cricket team to get up on stage and sing one of her songs. And they're all standing there except one. And that was Rachel Haynes. She didn't get to experience that because she was being drug tested. Can you talk us through that whole process and, and what it is actually like for athletes? 
Yeah, it's a, it's obviously a, a process that's taken extremely seriously, and uh, you know, from a, from a, an Asada point of view, they they can access you as a professional athlete at any time. So hence, you've just said in one of her funnest moments of winning yeah. a World Cup, and and to miss out on a little bit of the celebrations is is obviously disappointing. But they can turn up any time after or on game day, uh, any time during the week at training. Uh, as an athlete, you are required to let them know your whereabouts at all times. And if you say where you are, you have to be, if they rock up to that spot, say it's your house and you're not there, you have one hour to get to that spot where you are uh, and pass a sample, uh, either urine or blood. Um, that's the rules. That's the way it goes. What so happens th- if you 365 don't get in? days, well, uh, that, that classifies as a, as a strike and uh, classifies as you doing the wrong thing. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, as I said, it's taken extremely seriously, uh, and that's 365 days of the year, even if you're on holiday. If you're holidaying in the off-season um, in Bali or in Europe, you have to give your um, address, where the hotel you're staying at, where you're staying at, and they can turn up there as well, even in that time. So you could be in Bali with the family about to um, swim up to the pool bar because you've had a, a great season and you're going, you know, I want some downtime and um, the pool bar has great access in Bali. Then you get a call and you've got one hour to respond. And then you might have someone arriving uh, in Seminyak going, Bryce, I need your urine. That's uh, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and even from, uh, so say that even though they say they come to trading, it's, uh, it's a pretty intense process uh once uh, it's done randomly uh and they there was a time there where they started to do some some blood profiling on players as well over about a 10-week period um but if you're picked out as as a person to to pass a sample they follow you around so they chap you have a chaperone with you so if you can't if you're not ready to go to the toilet um at that particular point you have someone follow you around until you are. And, and this is because I'm assuming because of folklore where there, there have been allegations that players have been swapping fluid or uh, accessing fluid that isn't their own to provide it. Yes. So that that's correct. So as when you go through the process as well, you have to stand down, pull your pants mm. right down and someone watches you literally pee into a cup. It's quite uncomfortable. It, it, certainly for the first or second <laughs> yeah. time doing it, it is extremely com- uncomfortable. So unfortunately, uh, um, that's the, the, a part of the, the job you sign up for and um, you sign up to do that. So, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of an insight on, on how it works. Right. Um, I have one more personal question about that for you before we listen to um, Dr. Peter Larkins about um, Peter Boll. Post-match, though, if you're getting drug tested post-match, you're normally quite dehydrated, so it'd be quite hard to pass fluid then, correct? Uh, yeah, sometimes it can take a couple of hours. Uh, you are allowed to drink water to, to yeah. help speed that process up a little bit. But, uh, again, you'll have the chaperone following you around, and, yeah, there's been times guys have have had to wait three or four hours post-match. And you think if it's a night game too, like sometimes they're not getting out of there till two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, they sound like great people to be around, but they're doing the right thing as well by keeping the sport clean as well. Um, let's have a listen to Dr. Peter Larkins talking about Peter Ball. 
EPOs via injection. I don't know of any oral way to get EPO into your system without knowing, and it's pretty hard for me to put a needle in your neck without you knowing you've had an injection. So it's quite extraordinary for an EPO test to come up on someone who doesn't know how they've got into their system. It's quite um quite direct in what he's saying as well. It's very pointed, isn't yes. it? And, and he's the, he's the professional, so... Uh, I don't know if that reads very well for, for Peter Bowl after after hearing that. I hadn't heard that clip, so um, that's that's a little bit distressing. Yeah, watch this space. We will keep you up to date as well. Let's quickly talk about the Adelaide Strikers, who over the weekend were extremely disappointing. In, in a match against the Renegades tonight, they need to win if they want any chance of playing finals in the BBL, similarly to the Adelaide 36ers, and we'll read your texts about them really soon. Um, they started the season three wins in a row, the Strikers, a brilliant performance. Chris Lynn was playing well. Rashid Khan was here. Players were scoring runs, and then it's... Breaking all sorts of records. Yep. Chasing down 230 Everything Something was perfect. It was, it was going going well, and then it's all it's all ended in tears. Uh, over the weekend was really disappointing. Ninety two runs um, against a team in which we thought we could probably mix it with the Perth Scorchers. A really special round in the BBL as well. In First Nations round, um, we always like winning the Jason Gillespie Trophy. And the mentality from the players was they needed to go out and attack and make as many runs as possible because they needed to win. And everything went against us. Um, there were there weren't many highlights really and Perth made the runs in 12 overs so again um, we're left wanting at the Adelaide Strikers yeah we certainly are and we played a pretty good outfit like they're certainly the the team to beat in the in the BBL this year the Perth Scorchers but yeah you're right after such a a great start to the tournament um, we we all know um, Rashid Khan and losing Chris Lynn as well like they're world-class players you can't just go out and replace them. Mm. We obviously had Trav Head and, and Kerry come back, which which strengthens the, the the squad. There's no doubt about that. But um, when you've got guys who have started the tournament in such good fashion as well, to, to just lose them, um, it does ask the question, how can we going forward get around this? How can yeah. we sign them up for the whole tournament? Do, there's been speak of, do we need to shorten the the tournament to play fewer games so that we can keep access to these, these world-class 2020 players and, and, and let them finish off their campaign with whatever, whatever team they're playing with. That's the challenge we've got. And I feel like uh, Trav would be really disappointed with his own batting performance. Um, Alex Carey, um, you know, had a one decent game with, the bat, and we saw over the weekend Harry Nielsen, who's the the traditional keeper when Kez isn't playing. He came in as a batting option too. Um, what the the BBL needs to get right is um, all of the other leagues, which are starting to break out now. So Rashid Khan's gone over to South Africa. Um, Chris Lynn is playing in a different competition. Until we start making sure that these tournaments are aligned, then we will have players for a, a small amount of games. I'd much rather have Rashid Khan and Chris Lynn right now to be qualifying for finals and then to play finals and not the first couple of games of the well, season. Well, it's the pointy end of the, the season. Yeah. Of course you want your best players playing well when it when it matters. And absolutely, you still need to get off to a good start and, and bank wins early in a tournament like this. But... Yeah, when it's all said and done, of course you want your best players playing uh, when it when it really matters. Well, Peter Siddle was doorstopped by Channel 7 yesterday to have a chat about head coach Jason Gillespie. Yeah, it's been tough, hasn't it? It has. It's not just the air on him and, and the and assistant coaches and players. It's everyone involved. We started off on such a high. It'd be a, it'd be a waste, you know, just to throw away that start. Renegades had similar season to us. They've been up and down, I think, all throughout the middle. 
other than the, the, the stars at the bottom and you know the two at the top, everyone's very even. So um, it's yeah, it's going to be an amazing finish over the next couple of nights because no one really knows how this um, the table's going to finish up. And going by our season, we'll probably win by 300 runs tonight. <laughs> That's yeah, just the, the inconsistency. In the dead rubber. <laughs> Certainly right. Uh, we are here thanks to Tyre Power Selected Kumo Tyres at 25% off very soon. Look, we, we've brought a game into SENSA Breakfast. And Bryce, I'm going to quiz you really soon just to see what your Australian open knowledge is like. Uh, hopefully you're feeling really confident. You look nervous. We, we're every chance to hear crickets in this uh, in this next <laughs> segment, I reckon. Before we get to that, we will catch up with Mark Milligan from Adelaide United going for 28 degrees today. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 18 minutes past seven on this Tuesday morning, the 24th of January. Big night for Adelaide United on Friday at Cooper Stadium. A victory over MacArthur. A really important three points too because some big matches coming up featuring Melbourne City over the weekend. A man who has uh, been in charge, which we love, and we love having him a part of the Adelaide United setup is assistant coach Mark Milligan. Millsy, good morning. Morning, gentlemen. How are we? We're very well, thank you. How are you going after an eventful match on Friday night, which had everything, including um, a departure of a coach soon after? Yes, yeah, well, it really did. Um, yeah, good. I think uh, the boys have had a couple of days off now. We play, obviously, next Sunday against uh, City. But, look, a good um, a good performance, to be honest, uh, and an, a, a good result as well, I think. You know, we we speak about it a little bit. The Mariners game a few weeks ago put us in a similar situation, and the reaction from us was was chalk and cheese. We spoke about uh, it earlier, the performance, and it was just one of those really gritty wins, wasn't it? Um, I thought the defence was unbelievable. Joe Gauci again stood up. He's in in amazing form at the moment. And um, w- what was the the message to the boys after? No doubt. Uh, all the coaching staff would have been proud after a performance like that. And these sort of wins can really hold you in good stead uh, leading into a, a, a pretty pretty important month for uh, for the footy club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I think defensively we, we were excellent. Not not just because we kept a clean sheet, but I think we, we executed uh, you know, our principles and the things that we work on extremely well. Uh, look, we want to be an aggressive team and we want to be on the front foot. Obviously, that becomes a little bit difficult when you go to 10 men. But, um, you know, I think the little things that we did, you know, not to get too technical on everybody at home, but, you know, the way we closed the middle, the way we cleared our box, we were so aggressive in transition moments. And that puts us in, you know, in a good place for, for when we do have the ball, especially when we're down it. What's it like with uh, Ben Wallen's situation, Millsy? I, I wanted to get your mindset for when you were a player. Um, he's spent a fair bit of time uh, in rehab, obviously, coming off a, an injury, but... It obviously show, it shows there's a big difference between training and getting into a game because it seems to be uh, the pace goes up a lot where he was probably caught off guard a bit. Yeah, absolutely. But again, you know, look, I, you know, just to, I think to go back before the, the challenge happens, you know, I've watched it a number of times now getting ready for the review today, but we, we step up as a line, which is fantastic. We leave their striker offside. So he's sitting in between our two centre-backs. So when the ball's cleared, they see him coming from an offside position, allow the ball to bounce, which you know they copped an absolute gobful from me for doing. But 
with the man coming from offside, I understand their positioning. They don't want to challenge because if they flick on accidentally or something, he then becomes uh, part of the play. He, he becomes, um, you know, onside. So they've, they've allowed it to bounce. A man comes from the blind side and, look, he's, he's a little bit late. And that, that is right. You, those, those little things, those timings and things like that, you, you can't replicate them in training. So, um, you know, I think that, that look, without making any sort of excuse for him, the, the offside rule, I think, needs to be cleared up. I think we've seen it a number of times now. We saw it in the Manchester derby. Um, we've seen our players hesitant. To, to go for the ball in, you know, in case there's a deflection or something along those lines. But look, we just can't let that ball bounce there. And you know, as you say, that's very difficult to replicate those, those challenges in terms of timing and execution. So you just mentioned uh, the review will take place today. Then you'll move on to what's going to be a, a cracking game next up against the top of the table, Melbourne City. Uh, they've had two draws in their in their last two matches. Um, will, you, will you go back and review those games and, and see what, what Brisbane Raw did and, and what Western Sydney did to, to try and halter their performance? Because no doubt they'll be looking to get back on the winner's list and, and we want to win as well. Yeah, absolutely. The beginning of the week is always very much about uh, what has just been and we'll get through that as quickly as possible and move on from the weekend and um, sort of later in the week we'll start preparing for, for Melbourne City and we will look at, we do look at Brisbane and uh, their previous games but it's more, maybe not so much what they did to nullify Melbourne City, it'll be more uh, where, where, we can, where we can hurt them. Um, we know that defensively if we're nice and aggressive and set up well um, you know we're we're a very good side, so we'll be looking at more areas that we can hurt them. And they have been um, held at bay a little bit, but in saying that, they've still created a lot of chances. So look, they're a they're a very very good side, but um, you know we're, we feel like we're getting back to to close to what's our best. And we potentially get Juande back and Alex Popovich, who would probably be uh, counting his blessings that we, we don't have Ben Wallen because Nick Ansel was absolutely outstanding. I wanted you to quickly touch on Nick Ansel's performance and also Joe Gauchy. We've been speaking about him this morning. Uh, that's the best performance I've seen from Joe in an Adelaide United shirt, but I'm really happy for Nick as well to get another start and um, hopefully that shows a lot more consistency coming up for him. Absolutely. We with Nick, unfortunately, you know, he's had a a little bit of a a tough career in terms of injuries and things like that. I mean, I played with him many many years ago back at Melbourne Victory, and uh, you know, he was a fantastic talent then, and he he possesses a lot of ability for for a big boy. He's very very good on the ball. He reads the game extremely well, and you know, talking to both him and Popper after the game, you know. It wasn't it wasn't excellent that we were missing Popper, but it's good the way that Popper is. He he took a lot from Ansel's performance. Nick has a lot of experience, and uh, for Popper to see certain things, you know, I can tell them things till I'm blue in the face. But sometimes they just sort of need to see their peers and and how they go about things, and it just helps that learning process. So, look to have Nick on the field and available is excellent. Hopefully, we can keep him fit, whether he's playing or not. It's good just having him around. And obviously, you touched on Joe Gauchy. I think he's um, you know he's growing into a, a better keeper week in every week. He's um, you know he, we we see how much ability he has. I think it's very easy to forget how young he is, but uh, you know I tell you what he's under the guidance of probably one of Australia's best in Eugene. Now, Millsy, last question before we let you go. Answer this, answer this in, in any way that you like. So you were the inaugural captain for MacArthur. You scored 
uh, in uh, your first game, obviously the club's first goal with the first ever win, and now you're at Adelaide United. With what's going on there, um, I bet you're really excited and happy to be here in South Australia and wearing the colour red. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think there's probably two things I need to clear up there. The first game against West Sydney, although it did go down as my goal, I never touched the ball. But <laughs> it very much looked like I did on the replay, so I'll definitely take it and I won't let them wipe that away from me. Thank you. But yeah, look, this is one of the reasons that I, I came to Adelaide. You know, it's um, as I said, to, to be able to work under such and with such fantastic people and, and in the environment that I'm in, I'm very thankful. Uh, we're thankful for you as well, mate. I mentioned at the start of the year um, when we had a bit of a catch-up that the, the club is stoked to have you on board with your experience and your leadership, and you can see that coming through as well. And sometimes it's nice to uh, be able to just tell Carl to calm down a little bit too, and you do that role very well. So, Mark Milligan, thank you so much for your time on SENSA. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, we will see the Reds back in action on the 4th of Feb against Brisbane Raw too. We've got plenty of text to get through and we will do that if you want to get involved. The text line 0427 154 166. Good morning. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 29 minutes to 8 on this Tuesday morning. We are here in SENSA Studio, Lumo SA, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Not too far away, we're going to speak to Matty Penner from the SA Scorpions. Had another victory on the weekend and uh, in red-hot form, getting ready to take on Tasmania and also Gibbsy next. I'm going to test your knowledge about the Australian Open and you've had time to think about this. So um, I feel this is going to be a really groundbreaking moment for you and South Australian radio. <laughs> I'm really interested to see what you've come up with here, Walshie. And uh, yeah, hopefully we don't hear crickets. We will do it next and uh, read out your text too. Good morning. Is this Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Just for getting involved with the show this morning, you have the chance to win a Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at $59.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7 so you can get involved on the text line 0427 154 166. If you are listening on the app, um, there's just a button there that can take you to either call us or send us a text as well. Bryce, we've got a stack of texts coming in this morning. Let's go through some of them. We do. We've got plenty of feedback for our 36s and our Adelaide Strikers. Uh, morning, guys. When we look at the 36s, we keep looking everywhere except the coach. It's always someone else's fault. I just think the problem is at the top. That's from Lindsay. I think the 36ers really need a big defensive anchor. When Randall left, their offense uh, is driven from the defense uh, and they aren't getting enough stops to get the transition offense firing. Too much half-court iso ball. That was Josh from Aldinga. Uh, hi, guys. Any chance of an NBA one central season preview? Yeah, Number I like six that. Six is running around in there. So if you, you go to my local it, over at uh, West Adelaide, Anthony Drimmick and Mitch McCarron have signed up to the Bearcats, which, is, which that, is crazy. That was a nice text from Dazza. Uh, what else have we got? Someone had a crack at you saying that, um, can you please check your statement that the Strikers match is a dead rubber? Um, by my reckoning, uh, if the Strikers beat the Renegades, we replace them in the five. As percentage difference would change in our favour. So we just got fact-checked there. 
Um, but we love the interaction. <laughs> we do. We do. And uh, that's okay. If I'm, if I'm wrong there, I'll cop that. Uh, we have a stat coming in. Uh, you know what? Let, let's just focus on that right now, Gibbsy, because, uh, look, I've been um, thinking for a long time about a particular game that we could play on this show. And I thought because we're spending a, a small amount of time together over the next couple of weeks until Mark Bickley joins us in Feb, we could put your knowledge to the test every morning about a particular topic. Um, and Jace, our producer, is the first voice that you hear when you do give us a call on one 736 We sat down and we thought, what about this particular game we could make with some great music and do a really good intro? And, well, this is what we've come up with. Bryce Gibbs, come on down. We've got some questions somewhere or what? I don't think we've got any prizes, at least not for Bryce. Anyway, all of that could be yours if the Bryce is right. Okay, so look, just a bit of feedback on the go, some 360 feedback. There's a little bit too much Jace there who's excited about doing the intro, and we love it. What are your thoughts? Have you lost interest already? Wow, wait. <laughs> <laughs> So this is called The Bryce is Right, uh, and today The Bryce is Right is focused on the Australian Open. So I wanted to know how comfortable you are at pronouncing names correctly. Now, I feel like I, this is a stitch-up already, <laughs> because Jace knows how awkward I feel yep. reading names out live on uh, on air uh, I in the ad breaks I'm constantly checking that I've got the right pronunciation yeah. for a lot of them so I'm big on this it, as well it's not my strong suit mm. at all this is so a I pet peeve I feel, of like, mine. I feel like you've uh, you're going to stitch me up not on purpose day one here but what the, you will find lovely listeners of SENSA I'm a big nerd when it comes to saying names correctly so one of my pet peeves last year was commentators saying Connor Rosie as a Connor surname when his surname is Rosie. Um, Mark Bickley's horrible at pronouncing names. So I'm really looking forward to working with him again. Um, let's get into this because this is all about the Australian Open. So this is how we are going to work the Bryce's right. You have a list in front of you, Bryce, of uh, five athletes who are competing in the Australian Open. Now, you will say their name, and then what will happen is I will play the audio from the ATP website to see how it's done correctly or not. I'm confident you'll get at least one out of the five. <laughs> I reckon I might be zipping five. Okay, I'm turning the music down because it gets very serious now. So, the very first one is the third seed. Have a go at saying the third seed of the Australian Open, and we'll find out if the Bryce is right. Uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas. Stefanos Tsitsipas. I'm giving that to you. I'm giving that to you. I think that's good. One I think, from one. I think that's a one from one. Congratulations. Uh -oh. Let's go to the 18th seed. Uh, Karen Charnov of. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if it's Karen Charnov of. <laughs> Karen Hachanov. Oh, no, no. Oh, really? No, you, oh, no, was a pretty you, good you made up a name then. <laughs> Let's go to the 28th seed. Francisco Serundolo. <laughs> oh, my God. Francisco Serundolo. I'm giving it to you. I'm actually oh, nice. giving it to you. No, you. I'm, I'm happy you. with that one. Now, the last two, the fourth and fifth names in the Bryce's right is going to be your real test here. So take a breath. You can 
You can try and get it out phonetically if you like. I'm, I'm feeling confident with this one. Obviously, I'm joking. Go. Uh, I reckon I got the first name right, Felix. Orga Alassimi. <laughs> okay. Felix Auger Aliassim. Yeah, yeah, definitely wrong. Yeah. It's okay. Um, now, this is the last one. The 32nd seed in the Australian Open. Um, good luck. Oh, this one's easy. Botic Van Zanskulp. <laughs> Did you want to have another crack at it? No, I don't. Okay, here we go. Botic Van de Zanskulp. You're close. You know what? You did so much better than I thought you would do as well. So um, today, the price is almost right. Two from five. Uh, if you have any suggestions. That's embarrassing. No, it's not, that's mate. Names are challenging to are pronounce. Tough. They are tough. Uh, make sure you send us in a text if you have any suggestions for tomorrow's The Bryce is Right, 0427 154 166. We are here thanks to more Team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. And we are going to chat to uh, a, a player from the SA Scorpions who was outstanding again over the weekend as they keep on winning. It's Maddie Pennon. We'll chat to her after this. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Going to be a beautiful day across Adelaide today. 28 degrees on this Tuesday morning. Uh, it was a fantastic weekend for women's cricket as well. The SA Scorpions winning again, sitting comfortably second on the WNCL ladder. And a player who's been in outstanding form, not just for the Scorpions, but also the Adelaide Strikers as well, is Maddie Penner, joins us on the line right now. Morning, Mads. Morning. How are you going? We are very good, thank you. More importantly, how are you after another win? The winning streak just keeps on going. Yeah, it looks really good. I'm a bit, a bit stiff and sore, but um, other than that, glad we can um, pull off two wins. Uh, what, what What is the... Uh the, the secret recipe at the moment. The girls are obviously uh, playing some terrific cricket and, and keep notching up these wins. As Jared said, sitting second on the ladder, uh, a few more games to go before finals. Uh, what are you What are you putting it down to? Do you think? Um, I was actually saying to one of the girls um, the other day that we just we just find a way. Um, one person is stepping up each game, and we're not just re- we're not relying on just one person. And it's it's really exciting that. We're not actually playing our best cricket yet, but we're still putting on great performances to win. So I think that's really exciting coming into our last four games of, of the round season and hopefully we can take that form into into finals. Seems like the team have a, a really nice level of consistency as well. Um, obviously, Courtney Webb doing really well a century. Yourself, um, 46 off 43, smacking seven boundaries as well. Um, we, we did have a chat to Emma Dubrow last week and all of these games are really important with um, a match against Tasmania coming up but it's really just a build up to hopefully a final where we can go one better I'm sure Yeah definitely Um, we've got four really important games against Tassie and and Queensland who are kind of on our tail at the moment so if we can win those and obviously we're guaranteed a chance in the final but they're going to be some really really tough games and we've we've got to put our best cricket forward and hopefully we can do that in, in Tassie next week and your form, Maddie, with the bat, uh, making a few runs. Uh, you've scored 332 runs at an average of 64 and just uh, just a, a lazy 113 on Thursday against New South Wales. You're, uh, you're feeling confident with your batting at the moment? Yeah, I, I am actually, yeah. It's, it's quite nice when you go out in the middle and, and you feel like you're, 
you're in some good form and you can score some runs. It's forms um hard thing to buy in cricket, so um, I'll run with it for as long as I can. But um, yeah, it's just nice that I can contribute to the team whenever I can, and yeah, hopefully I can I can take that through to the end of the season. Now, if social media is anything to go by, um, the the team's out and about experiencing everything good about South Australia. So Emma on Instagram over the weekend was was checking out the tour down under and down at Henley Beach at cafes. Can you talk us through some of the groups that like to do the socialising together as part of the Scorpions? Do you have your experience bunch with some of the, the other experienced players or it's just a different mix when you're not playing cricket? Uh, no, I think it's a different mix. Um, I know Emma and Bridget um, are well into their into their bike stuff. So they, um, I think it was the day after we played, they did like a massive ride, which is not something that I, I was going to be doing. Um, I spent most of the day on the lounge. Um, but no, a lot of the girls like to, to go down to the beach and, and grab some coffee and go for a walk and stuff like that. So it just depends on, I guess, interest of, of each individual and we, we all get on really well away from cricket so I think that's what what makes playing cricket together so much fun is is that we go we get on really well off the field so uh, that's definitely a perk with our team. I love that I know that Bridget Patterson loves her cycling so the fact that her and Emma get to get on the bike again is that something that's encouraged by the fitness staff or this is more of just like a leisurely kind of recovery ride? Um, I don't think it's encouraged because I think they want them to have more time off. <laughs> um, no, but those two girls are, are fit freaks, to be honest, um, and they love getting out and, and doing stuff like that. Um, I, they usually call it a recovery ride, but um, a recovery ride for them is like doing a 50K sprint for me. So, um, yeah, look, it's, it's something they enjoy and it, it takes them away from cricket, and I think that's really encouraged. Um at this time of year, especially when when things are quite busy. It is getting more and more busy as well. A couple of big matches coming up too. Obviously, Tasmania um, from the 6th of Feb and then uh, the Queensland match will be fascinating too. So, Maddie, congratulations on your season so far and for the team uh, in in a year where South Australian sport... Um, hasn't had a brilliant summer. The Scorpions are one of the teams that that keep our hopes up for a title. So all the best, and we'll catch up with uh, yourself or some uh, more of your teammates over the next couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Brilliant player. And as we've spoken to a couple of the cricketers as well, Gibbsy, they've got a really good balance of youth and experience, which means uh, this year's important, but the next couple of years are equally important as well. Yeah, for sure. And the, the most or the thing that's impressed me the most is exactly what Maddie said there. And it's sort of not relying on a couple of girls to make big runs or or take, you know, holes of five or six wickets. Everyone's just chipping in, taking their opportunity when they need to, and it's been a, an even contribution uh, so far this season. So Everybody started. Results. Yeah, sorry, um, uh, Bridget Patterson and Emma Debray out cycling over the weekend. Everybody was doing it because of the Santos tour down under at Mount Lofty uh, to have a look at some of the cyclists when the road was open before they closed it for the stage to go. People were crossing the finish line. I'm talking regular punters and celebrating so they could have a photo just going through it. Um, the person who did actually end up winning it was Jay Vine, and this is what he said at the end of the race. Jay, we've spoken about the Vine Show over the last few years. This is the Vine Show. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, pretty incredible to be standing here wearing this jersey. like, And the way we rode that was first class. Like, the guys, incredible. 
Any moments where you had doubt today? Yeah, it was pretty hectic at the start. Really trying to let the brake go, let it go, let it go. And then, uh, yeah, we had guys trying to, to ride it back, obviously. It was the last chance to do anything, so... We really had to be on our toes all day. and The season's only just getting started, but do you let your hair down just a little tonight? Uh, well, I only like two drinks, so uh, maybe maybe not. But, um, yeah, if there's Kilkenny at the restaurant we go to, absolutely. Talking about um, a wine which isn't South Australian, which I think is very strange for Jay. Congratulations. He wins... Uh, the Tour Down Under, which majority of it is in McLaren Vale and the Barossa. So his surname is quite fitting because it is Vine and he wins it in Vineyards. But then he doesn't want to drink a South Australian Shiraz. And I, I, I think that's sacrilegious. I, th- I think you should embrace it while you're in the state. Is that a bit of a drive-by? You just give him a little whack there? Well, I think so because we're lucky here in South Australia. We've got the best wine in the world. We're, a bit, we're very biased too. Don't get me wrong. It, it, what do you mean? It is. Ve- it is. Hold it, on. What do you well, mean? No, it's world class. Yeah. It is world class. Yeah. Any chance we uh, get to stick up for our South Australian product, we will. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want to have this argument with you, especially on the radio. I'm not being biased. I mean, factual. Okay, <laughs> and I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Um, no, it was a great uh, advertisement for the state too, and some of the little tweaks that the, the race director um, Stuart O'Grady made had a, had a really big impact. I think being part of um, the the organising committee for the stages, Gibbs, you have a look at the impact that a race has on the small communities. Um, the people of Tanunda getting so excited that um, their little town is on the world stage where people are going to cafes. People are still so impacted by COVID and still recovering. So to actually open up the doors and say, welcome, come here and have a look. Again, Port Elliott Bakery, lineup as always, but you've got people who are experiencing for the first time. Yeah, you're spot on. And we had one of, uh, actually, now that you mention it, a, one of a couple of sponsors from South Adelaide, actually, obviously, down that way is our zone, um, and they finished in Wollonga, I think, on, on one of the yeah, days yeah. as well. And that was on Saturday. Um, yeah, uh, another winery actually, Hither and Yon. They were saying how busy, obviously, they've been over the weekend with with people coming in and visiting the shop and and investing in the local community. And yeah, for for businesses, what they went through with COVID to mm. everything. Uh, events back happening, um, everyone out and about spending uh, money. It's it's great to see the economy and especially the small businesses that uh, did do it tough over a couple of years there are, are back and, and thriving again. We need to give a shout out to the people who did the, the pack up and pack down too because once a stage arrived, wherever it was, whether it was Campbelltown or in McLaren Vale or the Barossa, as soon as the peloton left, it was packed down and then once the stage finished, the next morning you wouldn't know that there was a stage of the tour down under there. The efficiency of doing that compared to something like the V8s when they're here, when it takes a couple of months to set up and pack down and it just annoys everyone living on the east end. Are they still, I think they're still unpacking that. They're still unpacking it from a few up. years yeah, ago, yeah, but yeah. it's... um. It's better. I think the the tour down under has a, a bit more impact than the V8s does, especially on um, a global stage as well. So it's brilliant. Can't wait for next year, and we will be able to see how some of these Australian cyclists do uh, as part of the Euro Tour as well. We are here at SENSA Studio Lumo SA at 1 King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. Going to be 28 degrees today. Did you ever have to do cycling for pre-season? Uh, yeah, we did. We got into it a, a couple of years there. They all made us buy road bikes and we rode from the club to Sorrento, I think, as a part of that uh, pre-season. Um, and yeah, it's, it's actually tough. 
to ride 120 k's yeah. in one day, let alone these guys and girls are doing it they consecutive doing days it. in a row. Like it's uh, it's quite phenomenal. It's not good. Uh, if you are on social media, we've chucked a poll up as well. Which team is more under pressure heading into next season? We love your interaction. We actually got a couple of guests coming up next as well. Uh, we will speak to Heath Shaw. He is going to chat to us about what he's been up to over the past couple of seasons and also all about prepped hydration, the athlete's choice of performance hydration drinks and all of your Australian open news with Mark Woodford next. It's SEN. SA Breakfast. Good morning. Winning deals always. MG, coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 28 degrees across Adelaide today. Good morning. Mark Bickley joining us in mid-Feb. Right now, Jared Walsh and Bright Gibbs. I'd love to have a chat to you as well. 0427 154 166. That's the text line. If you're listening on the app, there's a button there. You can just um, press that and get in touch with us directly. Let's chat everything Australian Open. An Australian Open update for Kia, a pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Mark Woodford, good morning. It's great to have you back on SENSA. Uh, Guys, good talking to you again. After a disappointing night for Australian tennis fans, but uh, a dominant performance from Novak, which we knew was always coming. It was just a matter of when, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, It was a a real treat to see um, arguably the best player uh, and potentially uh, the greatest of all time. Uh, Novak Djokovic, he was in hot form. It was an early night. Uh, It just happened to be scintillating form up the wrong end for Australia's hopes. Yeah, certainly. And it's a bit scary if uh, he's had a bit of a hamstring injury, uh, as as we know. Uh, but he, he knows when to start flicking the switch. And obviously, it's a scary proposition uh, heading into the pointy end of this tournament. Is there anyone that can yeah. knock him off in your point of view from uh, from either side of the draw? Who, who, who's, oh, who's most likely to challenge him, you think, from here? Yeah. I, th- I think the, the, uh, the, the first challenger is probably you know, just dealing with himself and, and dealing <laughs> with the, that, the hamstring injury. And look, last night was a peak performance. But generally, at, at a Grand Slam, two-week tournament, the, the middle weekend is a, I call it a moving weekend or a statement um, weekend. And, and he certainly put a statement out there to the rest of the guys, not just in his half of the draw, but the other half as well. So I think, you know, the question is, has he peaked too soon? I mean, that was that was probably or four or five levels above uh, what what he has played in the tournament so far. And I think it it, it is going to you know we're all probably assuming like uh, you know he's got the tournament if he plays at that level. Um, you know, there's there's not that many uh, around the place. Maybe maybe not in the draw. Uh, it, it's opened up the draw on, on his half and. Uh, maybe up the other end there is, uh, you know, Sitsipas that is that is lurking. If he can reach that same level, he might be able to rattle Djokovic. But um, look, he he, um, it, it, it's just on his plate right now. Can we uh, break down what happens with Novak and getting notes passed to him and what is potentially on the notes? I'm fascinated by this with all of these uh, secret messages going, whether it's eye contact or physical notes being passed out. <laughs> Mark, what does this even mean and what are they saying to one another? 
Oh, look, I, I I called the match last night for for BBC. Um, I, I I was unaware that there was any note that was being passed. Um, you know, I, I look, I I remember back to to my time uh, playing that. You, you know, there there might be a uh, you know left myself some some notes, or my coach might have you know written down some some notes uh, that that I carried in my bag um, and, and just. You know, you take a peek at it on a on a change of ends just to refresh your uh, your mindset. But oh, look, I, I don't I, I don't really look uh, too much into it. I, it. It would not have ignited him into playing any better, or um, it, you know, the specific reason behind it. Uh, it it might have been just something like a uh, you, you know uh, an, an approach of of how to maintain his uh his performance out on the court i i I just don't think it would have been the the igniter to to who have played at that level last night we saw as well that it's the first time i think in 23 years that three um americans have qualified for the quarterfinals which we, we mentioned last week that with the absence of roger and Rafa and Nick not being there now, it provides a, a next generation of tennis players to show the, the world what they can do. So th- this is really good for the um, the players from America. <laughs> yeah, the, the USTA um, uh, and the fans back in the US are probably jumping up and down <laughs> about the performance of the of the US. Um, you know, they've they've had a, a deep contingent of players um, that have been knocking on the door, um, and over the last couple of years, it's been. Uh, the, the tall man with a head in the clouds, Don Isner, who's like you know almost seven foot tall, um, that has really been leading the charge. But his performances at Grand Slam level haven't matched what he's achieved out on the tour. So you, you know these guys, um, you, you know a lot of hope behind them, and uh, it's still it is still quite incredible to think this Ben Shelton last year was playing college tennis. He yeah. wasn't even the number one player in his team. He's never traveled outside of the U.S. before. And here he is into, uh, you, you know, the second week of the tournament. But it does remind me of uh, many decades ago, John McEnroe at Wimbledon at, uh, uh, I think, 18 years of age. It was his first time playing grass out of college. He made it all the way through the semifinals. And we saw what career followed after that performance. Well, that's what we love about these tournaments, how unpredictable they can be and, and people certainly put their names up with some of the very best. Now, with Dimina uh, bailing out last night, I think that's uh, all the Aussies done on uh, the men's and women's side. Have you been following yeah. any of the doubles uh, and have we got any Aussies um, still playing well uh, in, in the doubles tennis? Yeah, we, well, yesterday was... Uh... Uh, talking about the, the, some of the Australian pairs that, that are still left in the doubles. And, of course, that brought a, a huge smile to my face that um, we, we're still going OK in, in the doubles as well. So, yeah, look, it's it disappointing um, that, that Demonar went out last night. But uh, we, we still have John Pierce playing. Uh, he, he's in a new uh, union with a German player. Um, they knocked out... I said to his mum last night, ironically, that I did bump into John Pierce's mum uh, at the tennis last night, and and I said, look, I'll forgive you that you beat two, that your son beat two South Australians just for the sake that uh, um, you know John's still alive in the tournament. But it, it was a, a big performance by him and his partner yesterday. They beat Alex Bolt and Luke Saville quite convincingly. But we have another pair, um, Rinky Hijikata, um and his partner are playing. 
they're still alive in the draw. They had a big win yesterday. And they're kind of, you know, two, two younger fellas that are, you know, inexperienced. But boy, um, you, you know, if you if you saw Rinky Hijikata in his singles through the tournament, he plays with a lot of enthusiasm, and uh, I, I know that he's still walking on cloud nine. So they're they're in with a chance. So we, we we and then Storm Hunter, I believe, is still alive in the women's double. So again, doubles is is backing us up. Just before we let you go, Mark Woodford, and we're very grateful for your time on SENSA once again. Um, your process of learning how to pronounce the players' names correctly, please, because um, you may not have heard, I just tested um, Bryce Gibbs in a game called The Bryce is Right to pronounce some of the, the names, and he got two from five. Um, we're very lucky that the ATP website has audio of the players saying their own names. I'm I'm a real stickler for it because I think that, especially if you're, you're commentating and you, you're saying names incorrectly, it almost comes across a bit disrespectful to the player, especially if we know. How, do, how does your preparation go when it comes to learning how to say names correctly? <laughs> this is it's a tough subject, this one, because uh, it's a nightmare sometimes in the, in the booth. I, certainly it's a blessing to, to go on and, and the ATP or WTA website and hear them say their own name correctly. Uh, that, that's that been a huge bonus. But I, I, I think, last again, last night, calling for BBC, right? So the British accent, a little different from the mm. Australian accent. So I, I'm saying Alex Dimonar, and they were saying it, you know, very different. Uh, and I know the Americans say it different. And, um, you, you know, I just figure I'm going to listen to how their chair umpire pronounces the player's name that that is the for me the the, the safe option to go with um, but I, I tell you I've had some incredible stories of, of uh, commentators uh, certainly when they come along uh, on TV and the bumper comes across with these names and it's the first time you're seeing it <laughs> thankfully you can call from their country where they're from uh, you know and and try to you, you know, fake it that you really don't know how to say this, the person's name. But it is a nightmare. It is, and gone are the days where we can just be grateful for someone like Pat Cash, which is really difficult to get wrong. <laughs> there you go. It's a very simple. Yep. Good on you, Cashy. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much as always for your time. Hopefully, we'll speak to you before we get to the final on the weekend. But uh, your insight is second to none. So we're extremely thankful uh, for your time this morning on SENSA. Uh, always a pleasure, and uh, let, let's let's hope that we can see some uh, immaculate tennis that was on display last night, and uh, you, you know, be awesome to see him go all the way through. Thank you very much, Mark Woodford. I love at the end, Gibbsy, the the question that um, Novak was asked on court: well, "How did you beat him so convincingly?" And Novak says, "Because I wanted to." Like he was just <laughs> yeah. cold. Um, you can see the first ever Australian paddle open at the Australian Open 2023, the newest racket sport with off the wall. Energy um, and keen on playing tennis after watching it, you can hire a tennis court at play.tennis.com.au. Tennis court hire, no membership, no worries. Mark Woodford was our guest on SENSA. Good morning. SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 17 minutes past eight. Good morning, Adelaide. You can get in touch with the show on the talk back line 1300 736 736. Thanks to Prep, the athlete's choice of performance hydration drinks. You can grab them at the uh, OTR, your local OTR. They've got a really good deal on at the moment. We thought we would get um, someone who knows all about that and also what it takes to win an AFL Premiership. Heath Shaw, good morning. Morning, boys. Thanks for having me on. 
Thank you for joining us. Uh, mate, pre-season, we uh, were having a conversation with Bryce earlier about how much he despised pre-season and anything about it. What were you like when it came to preparing for a pre-season for Collingwood or GWS? Well, it was a bit different. Um, Collingwood compared to GWS. When I was at Collingwood, it was a lot easier. Um, I, I said, I always said to a lot of people, when I first started, we were... We're like semi-professional athletes. We weren't like they are today, where they're finely tuned um, athletes. And then when I got to the Giants, I was, I was 28 years old, and, and all these these guys I was playing with, I didn't know their names. Um, they were about 20 years old, and it was one of the first preseason was probably the hardest preseason I've ever done in my life. They ran, and they ran, and they ran, and obviously they were skinny little runs, so they had to do a lot of weights as well, and um, the fitness guy forgot that I was 28 years old and I, I played about 180 games before that. So um, the pre-seasons were different, but it's all the same, mate. Everyone's flying. Uh, everyone's the fittest they've ever been and everyone's going to play finals, which we all know is impossible. <laughs> well, I'm going through uh, another pre-season in the Sandful heater and I'm telling you, I'm not the fittest I've ever been. So uh, I'll, I'll buck that trend, that's for sure. Uh, so tell us about what you're doing with yourself these days. How are you keeping yourself busy? You're obviously involved uh, in prep, uh, and Jared smashes about two or three of these as soon as he gets in the studio in the morning. They're, uh, they're tasty little numbers. How did you get involved in, and tell us a bit about it? Um, yeah, it's funny, like it's, you probably think, everyone's probably thinking, oh, here's an AFL player, plug in another product. Um, but I'm not an AFL player anymore. I'm just a, I'm just a local legend. I'm not an AFL player. Um, I'm still <laughs> playing local football. And um, that's probably how I got involved. Um, one of the guys at Preps contacted me. He saw that I was playing um, locally down at East Keelor. Um, I think there was a little, I did a little, I got mic'd up for one of the games last year we played and, and I think his thoughts were, there's a 38-year-old running around. Um, surely he gets a bit sore and sorry for himself, and he finds it hard to recover after the game. So I'll give him a call and see if he's interested. So, um, yeah, got in contact, tried out the product. A few of the boys at East Hill tried out the product as well. And, um, yeah, I loved it. And to be honest, when I was playing AFL, protein, um, ice baths, and all that sort of stuff wasn't at the top of my list. Um, it actually is a funny story because we actually tried prepped at the Giants um, and me being someone who doesn't like anything that's a little bit different, um, I was just getting my cup of prepped and tipping it into one of the other boys' cups and throwing my cup at the bin. So um, I'd, never actually, I'd never actually tasted it or used it um, until, obviously, I finished footy and... Um, and playing locally, and, and like I said, um, I'm, I'm one of the ambassadors now. I'm, I'm an investor in the company, and, and I do love the product, and, and it helps me. And as I said, a guy who's 38 years old, still playing local footy, um, it just helps that little bit extra. And um, you don't sort of realise um, until the numbers are thrown at you um, how much hydration plays a part in not only like recovery and, and, and obviously sporting life, but it just in everyday life. It just it's just so much better when you're, when you're hydrated. People talk about it all the time, but not many people do it. Just before we let you go, Hedy, we appreciate your time on SENSA. I asked um, Bryce before uh, if he's spent a fair bit of time playing against you in his career. What was Bryce Gibbs like to play against? Oh, easy, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we, we didn't. I don't think we crossed paths too much. Obviously, I was I was down back, and and Gibbsy was um, well, he was a gun midfielder, and then towards his latter career, like all good midfielders do, they make their way to their halfback flank as well to get some easy ball. Um, so I'm I'm sure he's doing that in the sample, but um, yeah, obviously quality player. Um, the only knock against him, obviously. is from Adelaide, so... Um, <laughs> now, come on. <laughs> and his mates with Daisy, too. That's another thing that I'm a bit concerned about. His mates with Daisy Thomas, so that's not ideal either. Yeah, well, any response yeah. you get to write a reply there, Gibbsy? No, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, we, we had a couple of good battles over over the years. I reckon I tagged you one time as a defensive forward. Uh, Mick Mick uh, wanted me to run around against you because you, uh, you were getting off the chain a bit. But, uh, yeah, we had a good fun. We had a, we had a good night. Of, it was only a year or two ago. That's where he, he's bringing up Daisy. Uh, still getting st- sk- still skipping the line at the Albion, mate, no doubt. Oh, yeah, mate. There's one, there's one um, positive about, obviously, playing for Collingwood back in the day and being mates with a guy who actually owns a nightclub. It makes it a lot easier to get in, um, <laughs> even at the ripe old age of, of 38. Um, <laughs> but those were the glory days, mate, and now we're just kicking the leather around on the, the local parks that are, that are probably in about sort of three months' time, um, full of mud and getting heckled from the guys on the sideline, which is always good fun. Makes it all worth it. Well, thank you for taking your time to have a chat and um, uh, doing a drive-by at the City of Adelaide as well. Heath, um, thanks for talking about prepped as well, mate. We appreciate it, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me on. If you do want to get a prepped as well, as we said, just head into your local OTR. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. We are live from SENSA Studio Lumo SA at 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA, going for 28 degrees today. Gibbsy, before we wrap up the show, Craig Randall has just gone on social media and said, I don't have anything to do with what's happening in Adelaide, so stop bringing me up and coming for me in negative ways. I don't do anything but speak good about the city and the club, meaning the Adelaide 36ers. I appreciate my time there and what they did for me. So we just keep talking about it. How many more people are going to start tagging him? Correct. Going forward now. Correct. Just, just, to, just to stir him up even more. Let's give away the text of the morning. Josh from Aldinga Beach wins the Signet Power Bank, valued at fifty nine ninety five. a Signet Power Boost Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7 on his thoughts on why the 36ers are struggling a little bit. So thanks for that text, Josh from Aldinga Beach. Uh, we have been here today thanks to Tyre Power. Big holiday sale now on and tomorrow on the show. We will catch up with Josh Carr from the Port Adelaide Football Club and hopefully uh, someone from the Adelaide Strikers after a win. Fingers crossed. Please. Go the Strikers. The Adelaide 36ers fan day is happening today too. Open training um, at Adelaide 36ers Arena from 10 o'clock. Thanks for listening this morning. We are back tomorrow from 6. Enjoy this Tuesday. See you tomorrow.